Welcome to the JCR, a Massey podcast. I'm Lee Ting Liu, a PhD student at the Rotman School of Management, currently studying accounting in environmental contexts. Today, we're going to take you past the iron gates of Fort Devonshire Place on the University of Toronto's St. George campus and look back on the early days of Massey College. Massey College is heading into its 61st year. When it opened in 1963, it was designed to be more than just a residence for graduate students. It was to be a home for current and future leaders, at the time all men. The junior fellows, as they're called, would come from all disciplines with the shared goal to nurture learning and serve the public good. Back then, the college was the vision of Vincent Massey, Canada's first Canadian-born governor-general. He wrote, It is of great importance that it should, in its form, reflect the life with which goes on inside it, and should possess certain qualities, dignity, grace, beauty, and warmth. Today on the JCR Amassi podcast, we take a look back to those early days. The interviews for this episode were done by Joe Costa, Massey's technical events producer. When you think of Massey College, Cambridge and Oxford come to mind. A place of traditions such as sit-down formal dinners with grace, where students are required to dress up, a place where people and ideas could intersect, you could say. Interdisciplinary, before the term was part of the lexicon of universities. For Ian Lancashire, a junior fellow during the mid-60s, the college was a dream. We couldn't believe our luck that we should be living in such a place with a room with a view over a pool and a fountain and a beautiful grassy area, which provided calm at the center, away from the stir of the street and the busyness of the university. We felt that we had been protected so that we could study and learn. And we did believe that, in fact, we were needed by the education system at that time. There were not enough teachers, we were told. So we were being groomed. Uh, and what we found was seventh heaven, an oasis of calm. The oasis of calm was presided over by Robertson Davies, a celebrated novelist, playwright, critic, journalist, and professor at the University of Toronto. An imposing, sometimes polarizing figure with white hair, long beard, and bushy eyebrows. A figure who impressed his personality, his kindness, and his good sense of humor and um, loving manner to all of us. We called him Master. We called him Master not because he mastered us. He did not do that at all. We felt affection for him because he did not master us. He treated us individually. He would look at you with a little narrowing of his eyes as if he was to communicate, I know about you. <laughs> and he would smile. And you never know quite what he thought, 
but it was a sense that he, our sense was that he approved of us. Lancashire discovered Massey was a college like no other. In 1966, he was at the British Library doing research for his PhD, when he was called home to Winnipeg because his father was seriously ill. And at that point, I realized that this is going to change my life because I had a mother to take care of. And was I going to be able to return to Toronto, to the place I had become accustomed to? Um, well, I was disturbed by that, obviously, and it was a sad time. Um, my father did die. I tried to help my mother as best I could, as any son would. Robertson Davies wrote me a note at that point. He said, Ian, please accept my condolences for the loss of your father. That is uh, something that happens in everyone's life. You must not, not let it stop you. You must go on. He said, we want you back here. You must come back here. You are important. And I was so overwhelmed by that, that personal touch that with my mother's permission, I managed to get back. What an extraordinary man he was to be so kind. I never expected that. Lancashire remembers that kindness and empathy. Those hallmarks of leadership were embodied in successive masters and principals, including Patterson Hume and Anne Saddlemeyer. They carry through to this day. From its opening in 1963, Massey College attracted top academics from the University of Toronto as senior fellows, such as Northrop Frye, a renowned literary theorist and critic. Massey became an environment for discussion and debate. Lancashire remembers an exchange with Vincent Massey. He was very attentive to us. What he was interested in was not particularly the refreshments. He was interested in ideas. He was then, I think, 79 or 80, about my age today. And he asked about Marshall McLuhan's most recent book, a book called Understanding Media, which may be familiar to most people here, and confessed that he did not understand quite the distinction between hot and cold, which that book made famous. And he asked us what we thought. I remember turning to him, being an English sort, and saying, well, you know, I have heard that other people think like you. They don't understand it. Oh, he looked so pleased. Well, that, that impressed me, that, uh, that as a, a Winnipeg boy of a unprosperous and chronically ill small family, an only child, um, that I should be in the presence of the first Governor General of Canada who was Canadian. About a year later, Lancashire was one of eight junior fellows invited to be pallbearers at the funeral for Vincent Massey. He remembers his time at Massey as transformative, a kind of coming out. 
I suddenly realized I was part of it, a greater Canadian culture that I had never encountered before. Someone had plucked me out of a very large class of graduate students and placed me in this room uh, as a fellow junior fellow. In the early years, Massey College, enclosed in high brick walls and black iron gates, was seen as a stuffy place for the privileged few. There were even disagreements among the junior fellows, with some complaining about the perceived artificiality of the college. Andrew Baines, a member of the first cohort of junior fellows in 1963, explains. There were those who liked the idea of being in oldie Britain, in oldie English um, college and uh, recreating the 19th century, um, and others who rebelled against it and thought it was um, very artificial. And those ones, most of them left after a week or so. Sometimes quite quickly they thought gowns and uh, formality and so forth were not for them. John Fraser served as Master of Massey College for 19 years. The college was pretty good at keeping its, 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 its reputation undercover. Um, it, had, it had good and bad reputation. As you know, it started as a male-only college, and that got them protesters outside, um, and including um, uh, a wonderful, wonderful journalist woman who was doing a doctorate and wasn't allowed in at the beginning, and she eventually became a Quadrangle Society member and became a benefactor of the, of the college. Even after Massey opened its doors to women residents in 1974, it was hard to shake the reputation of the college as an old boys club. Senior fellow Lorna Marsden says that was not the case. This was never an old boys club. In the days when there were only men students, it may have annoyed some of us, but all the residences were segregated by gender. You know, women weren't allowed into Hard House except for dances or something. When I was an undergraduate at U of T, you weren't allowed into Hart House. The university, the city, the country was gender segregated. So this wasn't an old boys club. There were always many women staff. It's just that if you were, you weren't, you couldn't come as junior fellow, uh, or indeed really as a senior fellow, although women were invited. I've been in many old boys club. I could tell you about having to go in the back door <laughs> of various clubs in this and other cities. That wasn't messy. Now, did it improve when women came? Well, I always thought so. Uh, but the whole university was changing. The whole country was changing. It was gradual. It took a long time. Uh, but uh, that's not what Massey ever was. So we don't need to brand this or indeed any of the other establishments that way, I'm glad it's changed. But I don't think we should be unfair to the past. <laughs> Achieving diversity and inclusiveness has been a 60-year journey that continues today. Massey was set up to be multi-ethnic and multicultural, welcoming of graduate students from around the world. Back in 1966, Bibhu Mohanty, a junior fellow of Indian heritage and a person of color, was navigating new territory at the University of Toronto and Massey College. It wasn't easy. We were the first ones, uh, so that was a big change for the university. 
unlike today, uh, we had very few so-called foreigners, or as I call, browns and blacks. Most of them are pink. So that's a new experiment. It's a bold experiment. And uh, we are very happy to be part of it. There are still uh, not segregation uh, by practice, but uh, it happened that Americans and the Canadians and the Australians always talk to each other. The foreigners from France and from Chile, from Nigeria and from China, from Thailand, there was a uh, not deliberate separation, but it automatically came that way. We had more things common to talk about. Uh, and most Canadians and Australians and, uh, and uh, British were not too keen to learn about your culture or your background. And they felt they knew all about it or they had no interest in it. So that way we had a very multicultural uh, environment, but mostly because us outsiders uh, normally uh, stuck to each other. So we had a lot to share. The Canadians and the Australians were not interested in sharing our experience. As Canada has become more multicultural and diverse over the last 60 years, so has Massey College. Akwazi Owusu Bempa started at the college as a junior fellow in 2009. He then became an active alumnus and senior fellow. He now serves as the chair of the college's governing board. In his 14 years of association with the college, he has seen a move to a philosophy of inclusive excellence. The college had long been seen as, as somewhat of an elite institution, and the high wall certainly um, served to you know, block us from the outside world in, in some ways. And we've really opened up to people thinking from, from uh, different standpoints, people from different backgrounds, and it's really uh, grown uh, much as Canadian society has grown over this time. Massey College continues to evolve, but the original vision of Massey remains. The graduate residence attracts diverse students of high promise from all disciplines. It does so with the goal of nurturing them to become role models for the public good, and with the hope that when they leave these walls, they will make a difference in society. You've been listening to Massey College at 60, the early years. The interviews for this special New Year's episode were done by Joe Costa, Massey's technical events producer. I'm Lee Ting Liu, and you've been listening to the JCR, a Massey podcast, a production of the Junior Fellows at Massey College at the University of Toronto.